welcome to episode 1170 of The Sleeper in the Bus. It is Monday, May 1st. I'm your host, Paul Spore. Joined this afternoon by Justin Mason. Justin, happy May. It is the afternoon. I know what time of day it is. Happy May to you. Your first Monday in a while, not saying good morning. Yeah, exactly. I'm I'm, I'm on on point. Got a good night's sleep last night. You sound uh, it. It's, yeah. It sounds like it. So, yeah. Now, it's May. Uh, my Can teams are that? not in the shitter yet, so... It's a, it's a good start to the season so far. My team sucks. Uh, we've talked about that. We don't need to get in-depth about that. But uh, we do have some news to talk about and pickups. Lots of pickups. We're going to talk deep league pickups, shallow league. Obviously, there's crossover there. But we're going to talk about the big guys that folks are looking at, um, at least in the weekly leagues last week. And maybe they're available. There's definitely availability in other leagues. So Hopefully, the uh, outlooks that we give on these guys will help you decide if you want to pick them up, if they are still available in your league. Let's start with the big news, though. Bryce Harper's back, dude. This is crazy. He's debuting tomorrow. Like, listen, I never thought this was happening. I advocated to not draft him at all. Um, I went off, you know, I'm, I'm always conservative on timelines. I'm not going to, like, make excuses or whatever and be like, oh, this... I just didn't think he was going to be back this early. I stand by going off the timeline. It was definitely wrong, though. Fat L, congrats to you if you took him because you're getting him back after one month. Obviously, with one month down, would have been a much different outlook on when to take Harper. But those of you that were on top of it and that really you know, felt like these, these aggressive timelines could come through, you're benefiting big. Did you get Harper anywhere, or were you playing it cautiously as well? I don't have him anywhere. I mean, I was with you 100%. Uh, I stand by the thought process. Uh, it He just came back way sooner than anybody expected him to. I thought... This is historical. He, but let's, yeah. let's, let's be clear here, right? Again, I'll take the L. I don't, it doesn't hurt my feelings or anything. That's fine. This is historical. Like, nothing was was saying this. You know, the, the early, I'm looking like late February, they were still talking middle of the season. What's the earliest that it started to get moved up? I started to see some some June here on March on the March 9th update on uh, NBC Sports Edge. Then when do, we, when do we see it like jump? Because then even March 21st, same type of thing. That was when they said they that he will not open on the 60 day, which that definitely turned some people into being like, hmm, that's curious. But, but they also said he wasn't going to be able to play the field. And it was like, well, if he's not going to be able to play the field, are they really going to, like, rush things with him? Um, exactly. I, you know, I, like I said, I, I stand by my thought process and, uh, and why I said what I said. And you and I are both in agreement that we were wrong. Like, that's, yeah. I mean, that's and like. I, I think it was like a 50-50 that came up. I mean, not even necessarily 50-50. I think it was more like a 70-30 to the negative. And, and your 30 shot came through. I don't say that to get denigrate anybody or, or whatever. It was a long shot still, but he is historical here. Bryce Harper is with this return from TJ and he's coming back very early. I'm happy about it because I love watching Harper play. I just don't have him in any leagues. Obviously, what, what do you do if he's in a league though? Um, Cause I know some leagues I played in a league like this. So I know this is not, this is a thing, at least in, in some leagues where they put guys who are IL to start the year. You can't take them because they want them to generate some mm -hmm. some fab. This was in an NL only too. So there wasn't always going to be as much fab. So I think it kind of sparked some extra potential fab of Paloozas. In a league like that, let's say Mixer or NL, of course, um, with Harper, 
are you pushing the chips in? Like, are you thinking that he's coming back and he's going to be Bryce freaking Harper? I mean, I think you have to, especially like in an NL where like, I mean, we see this all year or every year in AL and NL only leagues where guys just hoard their fab until the trade, trade deadline. deadline. Yep. And then they, they blow it all. They blow five, six, you know, 700 bucks on, you know, the guys that come over to the other league. Uh, you're now getting that in May at the beginning May of May, like you know, yeah. gonna be, he's going to be playing May 2nd. Um, so like, what yeah, that, I, what I mean, I think you have to blow your fab. I mean, I don't know if you saw this on Twitter, but someone uh, tweeted at me and a bunch of other fantasy analysts about how somebody in one of their OCs just dropped Lindor and you Darvish and then got it undone. Yeah, apparently got it undone. I, I, I was seeing that. So my Twitter's jacked up. Can can you sign into Twitter on a browser right now? Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm in Twitter on a browser. Yeah, I even did a restart and I can't. But it's not my Twitter account because I can get it on my fu- my phone. Well, I, I have Twitter Blue, and so maybe that gives me extra access. It might. It might be that that I didn't do Twitter Blue, so now they're not letting mm-hmm. me in, no matter yeah. what. Twitter, Twitter is only for people on Twitter Blue. Now. Fine, fuck that hellscape anyway. But um, yeah, for some reason I still can't get in even after the hard restart. And it keeps saying new login alert. Like I keep getting I keep getting the phone thing here. You're not um, verified. Says, so it's like it's like saying that I'm logging in, but then it's not anyway, that doesn't matter. Um I don't even know what I was gonna say. Oh yeah, I did see it because I got I got the I got mm. the thing right there with the Lindor and the Darvish. So how do you accidentally cut both of them? You don't like there is, um, and we will talk about, I mean, I guess I can talk about, um, I just realized as we started recording, I made a major mistake in a league. Um, what'd you do? Uh, I spent $187 on Nick Allen instead of Logan Allen in a league. Like I literally, like, I was like, Oh, we're talking about our fab pickups this week. I'm going to pull up my fab page. And I went, I went, you know, the free agent results and it brought up the barf league, which is one of the earth leagues. Um, That's and, not even the other Nick Allen either. Yeah. I mean, the other Logan Allen, right? But yeah, I don't know how I did it. Like I, I, and so like mistakes do happen. Like, yeah. I mean, uh, but how do you drop? Like I, both those guys, this feels like he meant to do it. And there was pushback and he was like, Oh no, it was a mistake. And then they're like, for the integrity of the league, they're saying like, I, this, I actually, this happened I, my first year in the main event. And it wasn't so much like he didn't, he meant to do it. A guy dropped uh, Aaron judge um, in, in, you know, mostly because he had a ton of power. He didn't mm-hmm. need power and he wanted to soak up other people's fab. Okay. Um, so that should and, be allowed though. And so he made the decision to drop Aaron Judge into the pool for a speed guy. When was um, this? And they, this was 2019. About, no, no, about what time in the year? It was like August, I want to say. Okay, okay. July or August. Um, and uh, and they just took him out of the player pool. Like they, they said, no, nobody get. You can't drop a guy who's a first-round pick. Um, yeah. And he, he made the argument that um, – like that it was, you know, strategic. this was a strategic decision. Um, and they, but they were worried about, you know, I mean, they're worried about collusion when you, know, you got these expensive leagues. If and he has like somebody that, in that league that is that a buddy, you know, and have the hammer. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I see both sides. I see the strategy piece that he's thinking of, and I understand why NFBC is like, we're not having our giant grand prize hinge on this one-off 1%, 0.0% play that somebody's making. I, I get it. I do get it. And I understand why the Darvish and, and the Lindor got, got undone. Man, that really su- Obviously, they can't do anything for you with regards to your Nick Allen because the other guy who has Logan Allen. But that sucks so bad. And I, I mean, I wouldn't even um, won. I wouldn't have won Logan Allen either. Like $187 would not have got it done. But I'm now no, looking at this $187 for Nick Allen. Oh um, with no backup. <laughs> we, weird that there was no backup. Oh man. Um, how did I even do that? Like that's, uh, that's tough. That's tough. Again, the other Logan Allen, I could have understood, uh, Nick Allen entirely that, that that's, that's really difficult, but we'll talk more about Nick Allen and Tanner, Tanner Bybee here in a moment. A little bit more news. Did you see the Corbin Carroll thing yesterday? Uh, running into the wall. Yeah. Yeah. I saw that. Unfortunately, getting the MRI, I don't love it, man. You know, and it's like one of the it's like one of the downsides of these amazing electric players is like they only know one way to play, balls to the wall. Mm-hmm. And it can lead to some of these things because he just kind of going all out, jumping in to try to make a catch and kind of uses his knee to stop. And I don't know if anybody's ever been able to like run the bases or walk the walk the warning track or whatever and maybe touch the wall. It's not as padded as you might think. You'd think yeah. it'd be all nice and cushy because it's the major leagues. Eh, it's not really. No. Some, some not, of these walls are like straight up cement. Yeah, behind, like, like an some inch of them batting, are, yeah. are good. And of course, like, you know, in Wrigley, it's just the ivy protecting. So literally nothing. This was at least a padded wall. But again, that's not that great. So you're looking at a um, precautionary MRI on Monday. If we don't get new, let me see. Do they play today? Uh, the Diamondbacks, let me see. Because it is a very light slate. They do not. Um, so tomorrow, are you starting him if we don't have any extra news? If it, if he's day-to-day still, Corbin Carroll, would you start him? I think they have a short week. I think they might have a yeah, five-gamer. I think they have a five-gamer um, as well. Uh, if I, if yes, I they are. Two time. at Texas, day off, three at home against Washington. So if it's a five-gamer oh. with two lefties, and we get no other news. It just says the MRI happened. He remains day to day. I think you got to sit him for someone who's got six games on the I think, schedule. I, think I mean, or I, I think I'd say Carroll too. Yeah. I mean, obviously in like NFBC where you have the Friday switch, it's much easier because you can just easy to just sit for yeah, the two. But and you're bringing I, him back for Washington if he's good to go for Carroll. Yeah, totally. But it's if you hard. Have to get the whole decision. Washington series, man. That's that's a pretty damn good team to be going up against uh but yeah i think i think you gotta sit them for someone who's got six games um this reminds me of uh you know those of you who've been following my work you know since like the the very very beginning which is like no one um because in the very beginning i had like 20 listeners on friends by the way yeah exactly um but uh when when i started friends with fantasy benefits um we had uh, like a rant segment at the end of every episode where each person on the panel got to like go around and rant about something uh, mm-hmm. that was like, you know, pissing them off that week or they wanted to talk about. 
And uh, I can't remember who the player was. Uh, it was somebody from Cincinnati back in the day. Like, ran into the wall trying to catch something and, like, fucked up his shoulder. Um, and uh, I did a whole, like, 15-minute rant on fuck walls. Because uh, <laughs> walls are stupid. Walls are, uh, are kind of fucked. I mean, they're, 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 walls. We're, we're, we're F-bombing crazy Monday here because we're, we're mad at walls. It's, yeah, walls, yeah. Walls. Walls suck, dude. It's right up there with my, my fuck Ohio rant. <laughs> not that rant there yeah. and with walls like they never lose they never take an l no. i hate that they're so stubborn mm. that they never give a player a dub who was the guy that ran through the wall back rodney mccray yeah that's right. that wall just it's, boom and he so just not walls right are walls are not undefeated that's true mm-hmm. i'd say if you get through the wall you get a dub yeah you and win. the kool-aid man regularly yeah. gets dubs mm-hmm. against the wall as Absolutely. well so rodney mccray kool-aid man they're the only ones that win so yeah probably sitting carol um the five-day week makes it easier so even if he is all good or whatever you're probably doing well in sbs if you got him if you have anybody else who's running because him and somebody else you're probably golden so just go ahead and do that let's move on to the mets obviously no like pickup moves here with verlander and scherzer but both are returning this week uh obviously scherzer's just off the the suspension no worries there verlander debuting Where's your expectation set on him this year? You, you like him to still be a, an absolute monster? You, you you think there's going to be a come down from last year to a heavy degree, a little degree? Where are you at on Verlander? Um, I mean, I think on a per inning basis, I think he's going to be really good. I think he, you know, he's, he's pretty much always been really good. Uh, I know that there were some red flags in terms of the profile last year, but I mean, he also won a Cy Young, like so. Like, I'm not like super worried about it. First time in the National League. Like I, I think he's gonna carve people up left and right. I think the question becomes, how many innings do we get from, yeah. uh, you know, a seventy-year-old Justin Verlander? Um, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I mean, I think he's gonna be fine. I, I mean, obviously rolling with him in every format, no matter what. Uh, Gets but... a trip to Comerica this week, which is really cool. I'm, I'm excited, Ooh, obviously, nice. for the matchup, but also just the nostalgia of it is going to mm-hmm. be dope. So, you think you'll really change hope... out your Bengals hat that you're wearing right now for a Tiger's hat? It's not a Bengals hat. It is a Tiger <laughs> hat, you stupid jerk. It's got the meth tiger on it. Look at that methed out idiot. That that is a pretty awesome ad, actually. I'm not Thank gonna lie. You. Gotta go check out check out the YouTube and, and hey. see the, the sick yeah, ass. That's, that's, that's my meth, meth tiger hat there. So yeah, get them both back in your lineup. Um obviously one coming off injury, one coming off of what I think is kind of a BS suspension. But hey, you gotta know the rules. Apparently they came out with something that's a little bit more clear on rosin and and how you have to manage it or whatever. I don't know, dude. I just roll my eyes at that bullshit, to be honest. Like, I don't know. Scherzer doesn't need to cheat, so I really don't think that he was. But I don't know. I'm also I'm fully in the bag for Scherzer, so I lean yeah, on his too. side on anything. So I'm not objective here. Let's just move on. Michael Harris is back from the IL. He's batting 8-9. His first two games well, is actually ninth and 8th in that order. But he's batting at the bottom of the order. He hasn't been batting high at all this year. It was more... But it was more five six. Now it's eight nine. How's that make you feel about Harris? I know we weren't big on him coming into the year. Um, we haven't had a ton to go off of. This was his ninth game this afternoon. What, what's your current outlook now, a month into the season after we had a, uh, a rather tepid draft season on Michael Harris? I mean, I think it'll be. I think it'll be fine. Um, but this was one of my concerns. Like, is he going? I mean, this is a really good Braves team. Is he going to stick at the top of the lineup? And mm-hmm. uh, so far, not so good. Uh, do I think he's going to continue to bat eighth or ninth? No. Like, I, Eddie Rosario is batting like what six? 
Like that's not going to stick around. Yeah, six seven um, with uh, with a few fives mixed in there. Yeah, so uh, like he, Michael Harris is way better than uh, unless they try to do the stupid thing, which I hate. I, I, I absolutely hate. Second lead off, baby. Oh, we're gonna restart the Second lineup. Lead yeah, off, dog. Like, uh, <laughs> fucking hate that. Um, so I mean, I guess there is a chance. Uh, I am swearing a lot today. I apologize if you got put, kids around. <laughs> they got Pilar. They got Grissom. They can second lead off like one of the other slappies down there. Yeah. Uh, the bottom, the second half of their order there with Rosario, and then the two I just mentioned, Grissom, Her- Pilar, and Harris, sucks right now. All four of them have double digit WRC plus totals. What do you Lucky think happens to Grissom when Arcia comes back? Because I got that down. question. Yeah. Because he hasn't been good, and he's not a good defender. Yeah. I don't know how his defense has been in this couple weeks, but it doesn't it doesn't matter. It's not enough to move the needle. So yeah. the fact that he's not hitting is really going to be hurting him. I think he just goes right back down. I mean, he's hitting 298. It's empty, though, right? Yeah, it's very empty. Yeah, yeah, because I was going to say, it's WR. I, I don't know what it is, but I know it's double digits. I looked at it just this morning. 77 WRC. There, there you go. So I was surprised that you said 298, though. I, I wouldn't have gotten that right. But it is like no power then because. Yeah, zero home runs, zero stolen bases, two runs scored. Um, in and a few years. driven in, right? Yeah, yeah six. So, yeah, I, I don't know what. If you're, if you're relying on Grissom, well. You've been disappointed, but I, I don't think he's necessarily going to stick. So keep that, keep an eye on that for when Arcia does come back. Um, and then our last bit of news before we get into pickups: Alex Kirilov optioned to AAA. You know, he's a guy who still kind of keeps people's attention due to name value, and he's somebody I used to like a long time ago. But with his you know negative six good wrists, he's run through so many that he's he's run a <laughs> deficit now. Uh, I just I'm not I'm not there anymore with Kirilov. I don't know where you stand, but I feel like he's a cut getting sent out. I'm not even sure I'm keeping him in 15s. What about you with Kieran? Uh, he, he wasn't even on my radar this. I mean, he was like, I remember I got a question um, about my ranks when my ranks came out. And I had Kirloff as like my 190th outfielder or something like That's that. Right. It was low. And I did <laughs> ask you, like, why is it that low? And you're like, I'm just out. I'm like, okay. And, like, and there were people who were like, how can you rank him above people who are like, only gonna like play once or twice a week i was like because that's once or twice a week more than i project alex kirloff to play like i mean that's it comes down to like i mean at some point he has to show the skill of being able to stay on the field and kirloff has not been able to do that his entire career and And it's always uh, the wrist yeah and and the the thing of it by the way for those that don't know about kirloff season this year this is him getting off the il and going directly back to the minors um he hasn't even debuted yet this year yeah, he's only been in the minors, and he's actually done well in the minors. Credit where it's due: four homers, eleven oh five OPS. But he's not even cracking the team right now, based well, on and, where everything else is, and all the other guys that just recently got healthy for them too. And how well you know most of the Twins are playing. So yeah, like Gall- who, Gallo, who's he going to play over? Like, I mean, Gallo's crushing, so yeah. that's gone. Uh, Larnock, Larnock, and Kepler have been good. Like, I mean, like, and they're all three going to play. So yeah. that doesn't, uh, you know, there's nothing there to cut. That's redundancies. So, yeah, I mean, those those three guys, Kirloff, Kepler, or excuse me, Kepler, Larnock, Gallo, they all cut him out. And so Kirloff's down. You can keep, keep an eye on him. You know, if he's hitting well and he comes up, there's 15-team appeal. Um, but right now, I wonder now, if he just I'm needs a trade. Yeah, I wonder if he needs a trade. Like, 
could he like just like get a different wrist? I don't know. Uh, yeah, like like is there a team that's close to where they put in the um, adamantium claws into Wolverine to like you know into his into his so bones you, so that way he's like indestructible? Yeah, yeah. Um, that would be nice if I if I knew that he got a Wolverine wrist. Yeah. I would draft Carolina. Or like I would rank the the Jax dude from Mortal Kombat with the two metal arms. Like love it. Yes, if either of those things happened, and I'll I'll keep my ear to the ground to see if they if they do, I will change my tune on Kirilov. Until well, then, and, I mean, he could get like maybe like Mexico City is where Luke Skywalker got a new <laughs> hand because we saw how all the balls we flew saw out the like there was on the moon. Like, oh that was God. Such a, I put a team there. Like it would that be would ridiculous. Be... Put a team there. Like I'm uh, here Nick, for it. Nick and Alex from Pitcher List that had the best nickname for it. Coors Might. You know how we're calling uh, <laughs> Cincinnati Coors Light. Mm-hmm. Mexico City is Coors Might because amp that sucker up. Oh, Absolute man. insanity over there. Um, especially that how Alex game. Cobb got out of there with only giving up three earned runs. I do not understand. It One of them, like he was just unlucky. Like, like yeah, it should count for like twenty innings of a zero ERA. Absolutely. There should be like a translator there to get out of there alive. Alex Cobb really saved some folks that say that started him not knowing exactly what Coor, what uh, what Coors yeah. Light, aka Mexico City, was going to be. Musgrove like. killed me this week. Like it just. And I was advocating starting him, and then I'm like, yeah, you know, I start your studs, but man, I didn't realize it was that much worse than Coors. So my fault for not uh, doing deeper research. I knew it was a heavy hitting environment. I knew why people were asking, but I didn't know it was like 2,000 more feet of elevation. If, than If before. you had gotten a geography degree instead of a history degree from the University of Texas, we'd be in a lot better spot known. here. That's actually yep. a good point. Mm-hmm. Let me go back to school yep. and start all over. Yep. Let's talk some pickups. We talked a little bit about a Logan Allen earlier, not Nick Allen. Uh, Allen and Bybee, they were the top two guys. Everyone was going after them. They got scooped up in a ton of main events. Um, Bybee went as high as $504. I already know Ooh. how you feel about that because we've talked about it multiple times that we're just not a fan. He went no lower than 202 though, to our friend Ryan Bloomfield. Meanwhile, Logan Allen had a wider range, a peak of 301. In fact, that was a big jump up from number two, which was 264 and then didn't go anything lower than 121. So these were guys that people were really putting some big so some big dollars on saying, these guys can change my fate here. I like these two Cleveland guys. How do you feel about the pair, Allen and Bybee? Uh, obviously, you were interested in Allen. It didn't, it didn't quite go the way it was supposed to there. But, um, you know, where, where were your limits there? Was 180... Uh, what you were doing because of the team, or w- was there a world where you would have gone into the threes or, or fours for either? I feel like that's a no based on what we've said over the last few weeks. But talk to me about your feelings on Tanner Bybee and Logan Allen. Okay, so like I wanted, I need these guys. Like I, I, you know, I've got a main event team, right? Or my main event team, I only have one this year, um, is in fourth place in my league with like 90 something points, right? Uh, I have a four five ERA and like a one fifty whip. <laughs> so if you um, get any pitching, you're if I get any right pitching, here. I I'm probably winning this league. My offense is killing it. I've got a ton of strikeouts. I, I really just need ratio help. Um, thanks a lot, Lance Lynn. Uh, so, <laughs> um, uh, and so like 
I and I said I talked about this on Sunday, so like I was fully transparent. Um, you know that I do not like spending this kind of money this early. Yeah. Um, but I put and and I was lucky too because Wes Nesky had gotten dropped in my main event uh, last week. So like I put one hundred and eighty-seven dollars on both Allen and uh, Bibby uh, and Wes Nesky uh, in every league. Mm-hmm. I just across the board said okay. 18, 19% of my fab. I'm going to do it uh, because I just need these. I need this pitching because my pitching has been the biggest issue with Lance Lynn being on so many of my teams and Brady Singer. Uh, he so, teased you too. And Jose Suarez. With the beginning of that no hit bit. Oh, and, but, screw hey, Jason. Screw I Jason. Know, I know. He jinxed you, texting our, our thread about, oh, oh yeah, no, no, going, dude. He's dealing. Um, I will say, at least Suarez had the bounce back. He he screwed the pooch on the easy stuff. Yeah, you, the two you know what you know what the worst part about that is is what? I didn't drop him because of the bounce back, and now oh, I'm going to have him on my fucking uh, roster. Yep. A Sunday gem keeps his job on a lot of fantasy teams. I bet in deeper leagues, Jose Suarez threw five scoreless with six Ks. Of course, botches it against Oakland, giving up like forty-two mm-hmm. homers, literally five homers, five fucking homers. I wish it had been recording during that game. That, oh my that god, that would have been the same thing too, because the, yeah. the succession of mm-hmm. all of them. We've been like, it's another one. Are you kidding me? By the way, this a week ago today, I was advocating for him, and I was like, oh guys, sorry about that. Yeah. That was somebody else. That was a different Paul. That was on the mm-hmm. on the pot. So you were going for Bybee, Allen, Wesneski. You wanted them. That by the way, having Wesneski there as a backup plan was pretty nice because I still believe in him, and with the way waiver wires are, he hasn't been great. But he's a big. He's looked a lot better. Yes. He's looked a lot better recently, like it's, since the first two. Yeah. So, like, I, I, and I believe in the talent. Uh, I actually preferred him to Bibby and Allen, uh, and overspent on him. Uh, but uh, yeah, what I mean, the backup because you got him for your 90, 90 oh. something. Wow. No so, triple digits. That surprises me because, yeah, the first two starts, especially the Seattle one. Seattle one was a nightmare for Wesneski, But the last three have been good. It dominated Oakland, which you got to do. Held his own in L.A. against the Dodgers. Actually, that was home, excuse me. But home to the Dodgers, four and a mm-hmm. third, three runs, not great. And then five innings, one run against the Padres, I thought was pretty good. Yeah, yeah. no, he, he's looked a lot better. He's looked more like the pitcher we saw at the end of last year and in spring training. And so uh, – I believe he's going to kind of be the guy we want him to be rest of the way. So, so um, I like so I overspent, uh, but I'm okay with overspending to get, like I said, just a, a guy in my rotation that is not just serving off softballs left and right. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, but I mean, I think here's the thing. Like I, and I did get Allen. I got Allen a bunch of places. I got Bibby only in TGFBI. Um, so, so you got you got them all in at least one spot. That's that's yeah. cool. And and then Nick Allen as well. You got um, Nick in, Allen in, in case bar. he comes up and just really dominates for Oakland. I feel like I have to keep Nick Allen now. I feel like I'm <laughs> absolutely like with that out he's, with that kind of spend. He's not gonna he's not gonna be in my roster, but he's the mascot of my team. He, yeah, that. he's a figurehead leading <laughs> yeah. the squad here. You know what no, the no, worst no. part is I I didn't I haven't even double checked. I need to go double check real quick while we're talking. Um but this is gonna mean I'm gonna have to start someone like really crappy in my rotation. Oh yeah, because he didn't too, get the pitcher that you wanted. Because I didn't get the pitcher that I wanted. Um so checking that right now. Hey man, Nick Allen is hitting 339 in the in AAA with more walks than strikeouts. So he's all right, Colin Ray, savior. baby. Colin oh, Ray's hey, going in. He pitched all right on Sunday too. Yeah. He kind of did a Jose Suarez where he botched the easier of the two. Like he wasn't 
great against Detroit. We definitely wanted better with that. But I like the nine punches against the Angels there from Colin Ray. Um, it didn't maintain his spot for me. I ended up cutting him for Yanni Chirinos, next streamer uh, in line for me because I have I have Taj Bradley, so I figure I might as well have um, uh, Chirinos while I wait for Bradley to come back. But when you're looking at, at Bybee versus – it is Bybee, by the way. You're oh, saying, Bybee, I just want to help you out. Bybee, it, yeah. I, it, looked, it looks like either BB or – or, um, So it's Bibby. not related to Mike Bibby. No, but for some reason it's Bybee, which is very bizarre. Between he and Alan, do you have a preference, a strong preference, or do you see them pretty close? Do you think one has a better chance to stick over the other, or do you think both Alan and Bybee can stay in long term? I think they both can stay in long term. I think the guy who is probably in the rotation rest of the way is Alan. Uh, he was the first guy up. Um, I feel like he, uh, you know, he's he's got more professional experience. Uh, and he's so, the lone lefty too. I wonder if that helps yeah. at all, just to mm -hmm. have you know a lefty in the rotation. Yeah. So like, I think Alan is, and I think most people were looking at Bobby as the guy who's most. I agree. Likely. He so, went higher. He um, was the higher and, draw. And I think he's got, I think Bybee has more upside, but in deeper leagues, I leaned Allen because I felt like he had the better chance of being there long term. Uh, I, but I think, I think if both of them pitch the way that we've seen them pitch so far, they're both in the rotation rest of the way. Like Cal Quantrill can go to the pen. Yep. And um, so can who, and where's Savali? Like Savali doesn't need to be a starter. He's not been able to stay, you know, stay well, healthy. That's, that's career, true too. But so. I'm just saying, if people are countering you by saying, "What about Savali and McKenzie, Quantrill and Plesac, mm -hmm. punting the bullpen?" The argument about Savali and McKenzie assume that they're going to get healthy and like, just come back. There's, as, there's just yeah. no McKenzie. No a whole another month. Yeah, he's, he's out a whole nother month. Savali, I think, has and neither of them have been able to stay healthy their entire career. So, exactly. like, what makes us think that, like, and and that also assumes that at some point they won't have another injury to somebody else in that rotation. Yep, you've got you know Bieber who is only like twenty nine, but seems like he's seventy. Um, or and I he does have a lot of mileage. Bieber. And hey, yeah. I'm a huge Bieber guy. I loved him coming in. I was kind of against the grain there. And right now, those that were against him, the ratios are there: 311, 114, 17% K rate. Yeah. Swing strike rates down to 10%. One of the reasons I was still advocating for Bieber was because he had a 14% swing strike rate last year. So I was like, he's still getting swings and misses. I'm not worried about the velo dip. Well, if you're not getting the swings and misses, I have some concerns here. I'm yeah. definitely worried about that as far as Bieber goes. But yeah, uh, your point is well taken, though. Like these guys, I'm not going to sit here and, and worry about the what ifs on Bybee and Allen being kicked out of the rotation. Plenty of avenues that if they're performing, they're not going to be yeah. pushed out or manipulated. That's just not what Cleveland does either. They trust guys once they develop them and they're ready to go. They get to pitch. So love both of them. I want to ask if you are interested in any of the kind of secondary guys. Like if people weren't going to spend big mm -hmm. on Bybee and Allen, they were looking at a guy who I believe you liked last year, Louis Varland from Minnesota. And now things kind of open up for him because unfortunately our boy Tyler Molly is going to be down for a bit. Kenta Maeda has been remarkably inconsistent with his health coming off of the TJ. Not a big surprise there. So it opens the door for Bailey Ober, who we talked about last week, if you want to hear our thoughts on him. He's still available in some leagues. Definite automatic pickup, but now you're paying a premium. So Molly likely going to the IL opens up the door for Varland. What do you think of Louis Varland this time around? 
Uh, I mean, I, I definitely was not the guy who liked Louis Varlin. Okay, par- uh, pardon me. I don't mean to attribute that to um, you then. So, I, yeah, I don't want to take credit uh, for uh, someone I barely care about. Um, <laughs> if he I, pops off, you're going to be changing your tune. I did, yeah. Actually, I thought about it, and I actually did love him last year, Paul. I actually did. I yeah. Forgot. I yeah. totally forgot. Mm-hmm. Don't go back and listen to the tape. Don't go back. Ne- you're going to go in and delete it. it. You're yeah, the editor. Exactly. You can go in there and just chop that up. <laughs> exactly. But yeah, so Barland filling in for Molly. He's got some added velo. Are you interested now? If you weren't interested before, does he draw some interest now for you? I think in deeper leagues, yes, because in deeper leagues, anybody who's got an arm that is staying attached uh, is like, it's not even the pulse anymore. Like, no. you, like it's just an attached arm on a dead body is fine. Um, <laughs> like, uh, I do worry about the homers. Like, are the home, like we, we saw it in the first start, he gave up what three home runs. Like, yeah. is that going to be an issue if he can't, you know, have command inside the zone? Because, uh, I mean, the walk rate looks good. He's going to get strikeouts. Uh, I think the Twins, in spite of what I said last week or, or two weeks ago, whatever, about bagging on the Twins, the Twins look like they're a pretty good team right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, like, I think he's going to get an opportunity for wins, but you can't be giving up multiple homers game. It just no. won't. You're not going to be up on a major league roster. I don't care how depleted they are right now. They'll figure it's a little, else uh, out. Well, and they have crazy depth. Like, it's yeah. not studs, but they have six guys in AAA that are on the 40. Simeon Woods Richardson, Cole Sands, Jordan Blazovich, yeah. Louis Varlin, Brent Hedrick, and uh, Matt Cantorino, but he does have a little injury next to him, so he's hurt. But either way, they've got guys that they can turn to. They're not going to wait forever because they are contending. They look good right now. So I agree with you. Varlin does need to keep the homers in check or else he could have some trouble there. It's looking, you know, that first start looks a little uh, Domingo Hermanish, right? Good strikeouts, mm-hmm. low walks, but too many homers. That's the classic more control than command. If he tightens up the command with the new velo, because the velo's up from 93.8 last year to 96, one start, but he's also keeping the velo in the minors. Varland could be something interesting. I think he's a definite deep league pickup right now. We could be talking about him in the shallow leagues next week, though, if he goes out and has a big, big start this week, which I believe is scheduled for the middle of the week. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, all right, Louis Varland. Um, what about Yanni Chirinos? He's in a follower role right now. I think he's actually going to get a traditional start this week. Um, he's in for Bradley, our own Jason Collette, uh, obviously Mr. Mr. Ray himself, thinks that Bradley's going to be down for a while. Chirinos mm-hmm. has had success in the past, doesn't have much dominance, doesn't miss many bats, but always puts up numbers. He has 338 ERA and a 111 whip in 255 career innings. Was Yanni Chirinos somebody that interested you at all? <laughs> no, this is, there's so much you can go wrong with his profile. I mean... We're talking about a guy like, yes, right now his ERA is 0.64, but his... That's uh, not going to hold. I picked him up because yeah, of that. He's got a, a 435 Sierra during that <laughs> time. Uh, and, like, his zone contact is 90.3%. Like, that's elite zone contact for a hitter. For a that's hitter, not, yeah. That's not what you want to... And he's getting... He's getting less than 20% O swing right now when like you you're you know wanting I think league average is around 30%. 30. Like yeah. yeah, like uh no, like he he is relying on the defense to get him out as things warm up. Uh, you know, maybe he's a home streamer in good matchups. Uh, but outside of that, like I don't I don't want him. No. Okay, and, I don't, a little too aggro. Okay. It's no. 14 innings. It hasn't been great. The points that you outline, they're not off. They're not off base, 
But I don't know. There's a world where he can get back to the 11% career swinging strike rate that Torino's has. I, I don't know. I, I'm going to give him a little bit of time here. It's going to be on my bench right now. I picked up a bench arm. It was a streaming arm, you know, 20-something bucks I think I, I put on him um, for Colin Ray. Would you have kept, you'd have kept Colin Ray then? Yeah, because, I mean, he's getting to go up against San Francisco in San Francisco this week. So he was he was one of my streaming guys this Maybe week. I was like, okay. I will say, like, here's three dollars to stream Colin Ray, you know? Yeah, Chirinos was like ninth on my list. I mean, Mm -hmm. I don't know if it was that deep, but he he was deep. I didn't get the big dogs or anything. I I put out for Bradley, so I wasn't going to go too crazy for the uh, for the Cleveland Guardians guys, even though I could use them. But I'm already at like mid mid upper six hundreds on my bidding, and I was like, okay. Plus, there's still a lot of guys coming too. We're gonna have a few more prospect of Paloozas for pitchers coming up too down the line. So stay tuned there. But I went for Trinos. It's cheap. I'm not worried about him because I'm not relying on him. Probably not even going to start him this week. He gets, um, I forget who, let me look real quick. He gets the Yankees, which actually right now isn't a bad matchup at home, and then gets a trip to Baltimore. So mm-hmm. Baltimore is good, but I don't mind the venue. So I'll see yeah. what he's at. I, I take your points well. I understand why you aren't particularly interested. But for now, I'm riding with uh, with Trinos and holding them. What about Dane Dunning? Um, I think... I think we have both advocated for him before. I, I like him. I think you like mm-hmm. him last year. Yeah. I think I'm more confident in that than the uh, than the Louis Varlin call. Um, he's had 20 good innings in relief right now. So he's he's been a standout in the bullpen. They've kind of started stretching him out a little bit. He was a big pickup this week. Talk to me about your thoughts about Dane Dunning and if you see him as a uh, mixed league pickup right now. Hey, makes uh, Yoni Chirinos look like a swing and miss kind of guy. Like, <laughs> um, all right, let's stop making fun of Chirinos. This is an amazing pickup by me. Come on. Uh, I, I yeah, Denning was on my list. Low. I, there aren't very many strikeouts. There's a lot that can go wrong with the profile. Again, you know, another guy who is you know he's actually uh, allowing more contact in the zone and getting less swings outside of the zone than Chirinos. Um, I, this could go really, really poorly. Um, I I think you can maybe use him just in good matchups as a streamer in deeper leagues. But when he doesn't even pitch this week because Texas is the other five-game team and they're probably going to give John Gray a couple. But then mm-hmm. it does set up, if the, if the schedule tracks and they go with this, Dunning would have a two-step next week at Seattle at Oakland. How's that hit your ear? I mean, if you can't use him in a two-step at Oakland, then you can't use him ever. Then you so. need to cut him. I agree. Yeah. I think this is a savvy pickup for folks that did it early. Like the team in my league that got him is five bucks. That was fucking Posma. Of course it was. He's such a genius. Uh, so I, I think that's a really savvy pickup on a single dollar bid for Dane Dunning for next week's two-step yeah. potential. Yeah. And even he, if he uh, only gets one at Oakland, you're still doing that for five bucks. Yeah. I mean, uh, Although hope hopefully you just don't get one at you know versus Seattle. Um get that'd with be less, us. So it'd less be less ideal. enticing. But at least it uh, would be in Seattle, which is a good venue. Yeah, I mean a home ver- home in Texas is is a That's good venue true. as they, well. So, like, Texas no longer a launching pad. Globe yeah. life, that airport hangar is a nice place to pitch. Uh, that they have going there. I mean, we're going to get there this year, Jen and I. We didn't go last year. What about Cutter Crawford over in Boston? I remember streaming him for a two-step a while ago. This was before we realized that Pittsburgh is all of a sudden a thing. I should have listened to some dumbass I do a podcast with who was like, oh, I think the mm. offense is going to be kind of decent this mm. year. And I was like, okay, who? What's funny about that is he also shit on Rodolfo Castro. I shouldn't even give you full credit for it because he didn't even get one of the guys 
who is a reason that they're awesome, and that's my man. I Randall. got the other guys. The guy, I, know. I got a ton of Reynolds. I've got Bay. I've, you know, I know, uh, but you were you were hammering my dude. You were hammering yeah. my dude Castro, and he's been one of their best players. But no, you were yeah, you were on it. I said, "What do you mean you like Pittsburgh?" He said, "I think their offense got a little spryness to them." But I started Cutter Crawford in a two-step week, um, facing Pittsburgh and Detroit, which felt like two wins. Well. Pittsburgh dominated him. Thankfully, he salvaged it with Detroit. He's been pretty good since. It's been relief only, but one of them happened to be a six in the third relief outing where he allowed just one hit because he was filling in. I think that was for Bayo on the, um, was that the marathon game? Yeah, it was. Yeah. So he came in after the marathon and basically did a start. Six and a third, one hit, five strikeouts, no walks. So he's been awesome since then. 15 and a third spread out over these four relief appearances for Cutter Crawford, 117 ERA, and seven base runners so like a uh, less than a 0.5 whip what do you think of crawford as a potential pickup here uh if he can get back into the rotation uh, not, i mean I think he's not guaranteed to by the way sorry to interrupt you but i don't know if there's if how much longer bayo's got is I think one kind of the but pax paxton's coming back soon too i think Ooh, his, yeah, that's true the end of, he he has to be up i think in the next week or so because um, of his rehab will be over. Yeah, unless they okay. restart, unless they restart a rehab for him. So okay, well, um, so this pickup, by the way, for Crawford was this is pure spec because he has no mm-hmm. guarantees of a start or anything. This is just because hey, he's pitching well, he's getting multi innings. Do you like the pickup of Cutter Crawford as a uh, a fifteen teamer? Yeah, I, I don't mind it. Like I think he he's shown some good skills. Uh, like I said, he's been really really good since that first uh, blow up that was just so awful. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't mind it as a spec play because it's not like you spend a lot of money on uh, him. To, it's not like you spent you know thirty, forty bucks to go get him. Yeah. Uh, if it doesn't work out, you just cut him for the next guy. Uh, but uh, you know, I mean, I talked about him with John Legaza prior to the start season. Legaza was uh, super, super high on Cutter Crawford, so uh, I, I bought in a little bit. He's on some of my DC teams. Okay. Um, hoping he can kind of work through it. The nice thing about the Boston rotation is it's like put together by paper mache. So yeah. like, even if for some reason he doesn't, you know, work his way into the rotation or, or maybe he makes a spot start and goes back to the bullpen, it'll only be a week or two before he's back Something in there. At, you know, all, all it takes for paper mache to break is a little bit of rain. So uh, <laughs> and it, yeah, it's spring in Boston. So, you know, mm-hmm. it could definitely happen there. I, for some reason, I thought Bayo got sent back out. He did not. So he's still in the rotation. He did and then got brought back. Oh, okay, okay. That that's what it was. Yeah. I was like, I thought he was gone, but no, he's penciled in for the this week again. But I think a dud start, you know, could always put him in in risk. Now he has bounced back from the from the marathon day game when he was terrible, four and two thirds, three runs at Milwaukee, and then five innings, one run against Cleveland. That's a really nice start for Bayo. So Crawford, interesting pickup. It's super deep leagues only right now. What about Luke Weaver in Cincinnati? This is a guy, you know, he's been around for quite a while. I used to really like him in both St. Louis and Arizona. Kind of moved off of him, but now he has two starts with eight Ks apiece. The only problem, Justin, is that he's allowed 10 earned in those 11 and two-thirds innings. So he still has a 771 ERA and a 137 whip because uh, that includes five homers as well. So are you buying in on Luke Weaver? He's got a two-step this week, which is why people were jumping at San Diego, home to the White Sox. 
the big strikeout upside, is it worth it with you for Luke Weaver? He's got as many home runs as Juan Soto. Uh, <laughs> uh, no, I, I don't think I want to play around with it. It's just, uh, man, Luke Weaver was one of those guys where I, I thought he was going to be good. I, I really did. Constantly and, bought into him. And, and then when he had that one off season where – he put on a bunch of muscle. Remember, because he was a really skinny dude, and yep. uh, you know, and can he like make it the whole season. Yeah, he can make it a whole year, and he he went. You know, he's in Arizona, and all of a sudden, like he shows up to spring training, and he's got like twenty five pounds of muscle, and everybody went crazy. And I went, "That's not a good thing," it's you like, know. There's there's such thing as too much. Yeah, well, I mean, especially for a pitcher when it comes down to being able to repeat your mechanics and your flexibility yep. and, uh, you know, adding a bunch of muscle impedes some of that. Uh, you mm -hmm. know, it's why there's so many great pitchers who look fat, right? Like these yeah, guys, exactly. that, like, you know, the, they, they're or still slight, like Pedro. Yeah. He's tiny, mm -hmm. you know? You yeah. Know, going, and yeah, it hurt him as far as like staying healthy all the time, but it didn't, it didn't impact mm -hmm. his, his skill. His skill was incredible. Mm -hmm. So, uh, yeah, no, I, I'm not interested in Luke Weaver. Like, I just, especially in Cincinnati, think, no. That's that's the toughest part. If he had a good home park, I could have definitely convinced myself to get back in on Luke Weaver. But the fact that half his games are going to be there, it's scary. At least the White Sox are the ones that are coming in for Weaver this weekend. And then you get what a nightmare. Next week. Oh, my God, that team sucks so bad, dude. They're such garbage. Just <laughs> fold them fold them right now <laughs> i said that as a tigers fan i'm like oh at least i'm off the roof for the white Sox because we're not squandering a ton of talent like they are tigers are just bad the white Sox are just like remarkably disappointing with what they're doing so yeah be careful with weaver here i get it with a two-step um but the the eight strikeouts in each outing has come with so much ugliness that it is mm -hmm. a bit scary. So I'm I'm being very careful here. The one reliever in deep leagues that was kind of picked up that has some intrigue isn't even closing and doesn't really have any chance to unless the the guy ahead of him like gets hurt or they trade their closer again because that's Yanir Cano uh, in Baltimore and basically he would need them to pull another Jorge Lopez trade and trade out Bautista. I don't think they will though because Bautista uh, Lopez was kind of a breakout out of nowhere. Oh my God, this guy's good. We're not full contenders. We can trade our closer. Bautista is somebody who can be their closer for the next five years under team control. So Cano <laughs> is having an awesome breakout here at age 29, 11 innings of shutout ball so far. He has uh, not only shutout ball. He isn't allowed to hit or walk. Ball. Yeah. yeah. Zero whip, zero ERA, 36% K rate. I see why he was picked up because even, you know, better than some of the starters out there. You know, I'd rather take a shot on Cano than Luke Weaver, perhaps. Uh, give me some Ks and give me maybe a, a, a stolen win, a stolen save. But what do you think of Cano? Uh, we're obviously not worried about Bautista unless you are for some reason. But no. do you like picking up middle relievers who are just killing it? Um, Sometimes when I like, I'll like, I'll look at the waiver wire in a deeper league and I'll go, Oh man, there is no starter that makes sense here. Like, there's yeah. no like. Do I really want to pick up Patrick Corbin? Then no, I'll no. I'll, I'll go grab a guy like Cano. Uh, the only chance he has of closing is something happens. Batista, Batista is a top five to ten closer. Yeah, absolute um, monster. So like, yeah, I, I do too. So like, there's there's really no format where I am like thinking, oh, Cano is is gonna get saves or anything like that. You're gonna get um, you're gonna get saves when Batista's unavailable. Yeah, he. I think he got one the other night. Like, he yep. just, you three know. close games in a row. Cool. 
two two to Bautista, one to Cano. If you're in a league where it makes sense to roster next man up, um, mm-hmm. then Cano should be on your or roster. holds, of course, too. Yeah, or holds, our hold yeah, folks yeah. out there, he's probably already picked up mm-hmm. though in those leagues, mm-hmm. to be honest. But he does have five with his two saves. Cano is pitching well, and there are changes in what he's doing. You know, the swing strike rates up. I think the velo's up, and he's gone from four seamer to two seam uh, to two seamer sinker. Uh, his changeups falling off the table. You know, so th- there are things here that even though he's just a 29 year old kind of a random guy, these guys pop off all the time, and mm-hmm. he could be this year's it guy. Yanir Cano. That's Y E He's probably going to be an all star for yeah. I wouldn't even be surprised, like because they they do put middle relievers on now, and I wouldn't be surprised if Cano makes it with Bautista. They could be a little twin towers of awesomeness over there because they're both kicking it at the back end of that bullpen. Let's talk about their some hitters now that were picked up in deeper formats. Couple of Rangers here: Ezekiel Duran and Robbie Grossman. Duran is somebody that uh, my buddy Greg has, has been advocating quite a bit because he really likes the positional flexibility that he's headed toward. I think he mm-hmm. already has dual qualification and he could get upwards of quad qualification. Yeah, he's about he's about to pick up outfield in second base, I believe. Okay. And and then he and he already has short and third or vice versa. Whatever it is. I think he just has third depending on okay. where you're playing. So he just has third. He's close to short. He's close to outfield. He's not really close to second. And yeah, he didn't get second last year because yeah, he only okay. nine games. But the bottom line is Ezekiel Duran plays everywhere. Little pop, little speed, two homers, two steals, 302, 333, 444. Duran do anything for you in the mixers where you're looking at him this week. Yeah, we talked about Duran yesterday on the pod, and um he's hot right now and they have enough injuries um, and holes on that roster where with him being hot, they're just going to keep running him out there until he cools down. The skills are not good though. Like he's got an 81% zone contact, which is below league average. He's swinging outside the zone 45% of the time. Um, I think this, but his walk rate, hang on. I got to interrupt you. I'm sorry. His walk rate's 1.5% better than yours. And you're out here slandering him. Um, My walk rate is way better than that. I walk all the time in softball, but your walk rate in the majors is zero, and his is one point five percentage points better. That's pretty. Yeah, pretty good. but you get to save a lot of money on my contract true, because true. it is. So. He has a two percent walk rate, Justin. Yeah. He has one walk and a twenty-seven percent strikeout. Rate. Eighteen yeah. Ks to go with it. That's the point that you're trying to make here. Mm-hmm. Three ninety-five Babbitt is hard carrying Durant. Now, the thing of it is, if there's enough PT, he's twenty-four years old. And even if all the slash line stuff comes down, you can still have a power speed guy that just plays every day. So if the PT stays open once Seager returns, I can still get behind Duran even with a muted triple slash because he's still going to give you power and speed. Where does he play, though? Anywhere. I mean... It depends who would be out, of course, right? But doesn't yeah. every injury open the door for him? Yeah, I mean that, and that's true. Like he, like he can, and he could just like give everybody a day off, you know? Yes, like exactly, he could, get, he could get four or five games a week just by giving guys days off. And that, off, that's so. that's what I'm saying. And so even though I agree with you that the slash line isn't good and the skills mm-hmm. are rough, I still see the value of a 15 team Durant, especially if you're somebody who likes to hold a lot more pitchers on your reserve roster in like a main event where we only have the seven reserves because he can fill in multiple spots. So I like Duran. I do believe that there is a come down that's going to be sharp, but if you're still getting a, a chip in home or chip in steel every once in a while, it works for me. Yeah. I, I did pick up Duran in a league. Um, okay. 
but I had a different guy above him who does kind of all the same types of things that nobody's really talking about in Zach okay. McKinstry. Well, we're going to talk about him in a minute. Let's stay with the oh, Lakers, okay. and then we'll get right to McKinstry. Robbie Grossman, Durant's teammate, is showing some skills. Uh, 23% K rate, 10% walk. He's always taken his walks. He's always he never really struck out all that much either, but last year it was up to 27%. He shaved four points off of that. Grossman's hitting pretty well. Three homers, 253, 333, 413 slash. Are you back in on Grossman? The only thing I will say, though, zero for zero on the bases. And the 2020 season from 2021 is why people got back in on the Grossman train. No speed yet. Does that curb your interest in Robbie Grossman? Well, things are going okay for him right now. We're going well for him right now. There are two big warning signs uh, that make me less interested in him and i did have him as like a backup in in some of my outfield waterfall bids uh okay. just because he is kind of running hot right now yeah uh first well first and foremost he's hitting 190 against left-handed pitching um mm. so he's doing all of his work he's in 278 against uh righties this year uh that like a, he, at best he is a strong side platoon guy um because the rangers not gonna let him go out there and hit 190 uh, no. against lefties that is so, better than nothing but what's interesting is lefties i thought used to be the strength of grossman because he's a switch hitter he's he gone back and forth okay and and that's the thing and todd Zoll will explain it to you in great detail about how platoon splits they don't really stabilize yeah. They're in, not in 2021 he hit, in 2021 he hit 279 against lefties and a 221 against righties so like that's, and and <laughs> especially with a switch hitter I, I feel like they might even be more volatile because you got two different swings that you're trying to manage so, yeah, that is interesting for Grossman. And you talk about that he's not hitting lefties. Duran's the one who will take those spots. Yeah. And the other red flag is he's just not hitting the ball hard. Okay. Like, he's, like it's it's a lot of medium contact. Um, and so, like, if you're not getting him running, and because he's not hitting the ball extremely hard, you're not going to get a lot of home runs. You're kind of getting a – empty mediocre batting average guy like i just don't see that as super interesting yeah i'm, I'm shrugging for those that uh mm -hmm. aren't watching the the podcast on youtube because i agree it's like eh what am i doing with that i think that's totally fair with regards to robbie grossman I, are you more in on duran than grossman yeah because duran at least did. has like the flash and the multi-position eligibility that's coming down right now yeah um now speaking of your multi-positional eligibility backup that you said if you don't get duran why not get Zach McKinstry second and third base right now, playing well for the Tigers, batting at the top of the order. I love this because when he was popping off for that first bit, when he first came up with the Dodgers, in fact, you can't even really tell just by looking at his numbers because that year he wound up with a 75 OPS plus. He really went in the tank. But the first like month or so was pretty good, maybe even just a couple weeks. And I was like, I like this guy, man. He's flexible. He he does uh, has quality plate skills. I'd love to see him on the Tigers. And now here he is, two homers, four steals, solid slash line the 317 obp is a little bit lighter than i would certainly like but on the tigers you just actually you barely even need to be breathing um you, in fact you can take some days off where you don't even breathe you can just be a partial partially alive person to get playing time with the tigers mckinstry's taking advantage and you do have some interest in 15 teamers talk to us about zach mckinstry yeah i mean he's got a little bit of pop and speed he's multi-positional eligible and he's gonna play every day because the tigers suck and so and at least um, strong side at the very very yeah first. uh and so like yeah i mean you get all that flexibility and you add in a guy who can kind of do a little bit of everything 
um, he was a major target for me coming into like early drafts. Uh, I got him in like all my early DCs um, because he was going super, super cheap and multi-positional eligible. And like, I, I was like, Hey, on the Cubs, he's got like this path to playing time. Yep. And then they brought in all these guys. And I was like, Okay, never mind. He has that was exactly path. why <laughs> I was taking McKinstry in DCs as well. Well, then he goes to the Tigers. Like, wait, mm -hmm. the, the playing time path is wide yep. open again. And so it's looking nice. By the way, he has five games in the outfield. So in most leagues, he's five away from adding yep. that to his. And Yahoo's already league. eligible. So. Yeah. So that that is nice. It, this is very deep leagues right now. We're talking 15s. Mm -hmm. I don't think he's quite 12 viable no. yet. Um, there's a world where he can play into it, but as it stands right now, it's just 15s for McKinstry, but I do like him. I'm keeping him on my radar. Let's go back out to Atlanta. We were talking a bit about uh, Michael Harris and where, where he's batting and some of their other guys that they got, Eddie Rosario. Let's talk a little bit deeper about Eddie Rosario because he was actually a hot pickup this week, as was Orlando Arcia, as I imagine people are anticipating his return and the fact that Grissom isn't doing much. They're thinking, hey, let me let me rescoop Arcia here on the cheap and before he comes back and dominates, and then I got to pay a ton for him. You didn't seem too interested in Eddie, uh, Eddie Rosario when we were talking about his prospects because he's batting sixth right now. He is doing all right. I think he has some power recently. His bottom line still sucks, 81 WRC+. plus. But where are you at on Eddie Rosario? Do you think the uh, – didn't he have, like, eye surgery or something mm -hmm. in the offseason? Do you think that's going to help? I mean, this is – Is he the under fire? Yeah, no, this is not, like, a legitimate thing right now. Like, I just I, – I, I'm not going to believe it. Uh, and, yes, he's on fire right now, but, like, for this season – he has a 69% zone contact. Nice. That is not nice. Not nice. Not oh, nice. dang. Um, which is crazy because his O contact is actually higher. <laughs> He's made more contact outside the zone than inside the zone. He swings outside the zone way too much. Like, this is That's like hilarious. I don't know if I've ever seen it. Like it just, I don't think like, I ever have. Even in he, a small he, sample, that's wild. If he was a qualified hitter, he'd have the worst zone contact in all of baseball. Yeah, that's a, that's a nightmare. Yeah. So that's no. Eddie Rosario. Um, like he is he is hot right now, but it is all coming against lefties. So that puts him short side platoon. But you no, know, he wouldn't be short side platoon. He is a lefty, so he is like weirdly hitting left left right now. Uh, he'll probably be better against righties than 250 Babbitt is holding him down. But I don't know. I, I used to like Eddie Rosario way back in the day when he was good with Minnesota. I mean, he's I, hitting not... lefties right now, but it's only 12 plate appearances. Exactly. Like, and it's a 429 like it's Babbitt. Like, yeah. it, it's, it's a short spurt. Um, what about the Arcia pickup on the sly then? Do, do you like that, picking him up before he's actually back? He's slated to come back this week. That is uh, that is what we're what we're thinking right now. That's the, that's the mm -hmm. news. Do you like going and getting Arcia before anything happens, or were you, was he not on your radar? He wasn't really on my radar, but there were other guys, like, and we're going to talk about one right at the end of this that I, I'm much more intrigued by. It's just such an empty line for the most part, and you know he's going to yeah. be hitting at the bottom of that lineup. Uh, I mean, you know, if you're like Jason, I don't know if you heard the pod. I, I, that was, I haven't been able to listen. Um, I usually listen to y'all's pod on Tuesdays. You know, he, he he's in uh, AL Labor, and he had to make a trade for a shortstop because he went to the wire to pick up a shortstop and there was no one, like oh literally God. no one, like there was no one eligible for him to pick up. Um, That's a nightmare. So he had, he had to trade away Mitch Garver just to get Taylor walls, even though he didn't want to. Um, At least he got somebody. And it's yeah. 
Mm-hmm. So Doug Dennis bailed him out a little bit as opposed that's to making nice. it that's to nice zero. So, uh, yeah, I mean, if you're in a position where like you need someone who's going to play, RC's going to play. Like like we yeah. said, it looks like Von Gerson could get sent back down. Uh, I'd be surprised if he doesn't, because or they DFA Ari Adrianza. But I don't think you want to keep Grissom up if he's not playing every day. And I just don't yeah. think he can handle every day short right now. Nope, I think you're right. So okay, that's our that's Arcia and Rosario. Alex Call has been batting at the top of the order for Washington most of the year, and he's been in my waterfall multiple different times and, and just never got to him. This week he was a bigger pickup. He's got great plate skills right now: fifteen percent walk, twenty percent K, two homers, two steals. He is two for four on the bases, and he was three for six last year. So he's not great about when to go, uh, but he at least runs a bit. The thing of it is, even with those great plate skills, it's a 99 WRC plus because he is punchless. 095 ISO. Is it the 8% homer to fly ball that is unlucky for Alex Call and the power is going to come? Or is he truly punchless? What do you think about the uh, 28-year-old uh, Washington Nats outfielder, Alex Call? It's probably the 45% ground ball rate mixed with a 24% hard hit rate. That will be a rough combo. Yeah, like he makes a lot of contact, but it's yeah. not it's not hard contact. It's it's a lot of medium contact. Uh this is a better version of Ro- Robbie Grossman. So maybe you take him over Robbie Grossman. Um especially but, batting one. Yeah, but it's not it's not a player that I want to like, oh, this is the guy's coming in to save my season. Yeah. I, I, I agree with there with Alex Call. He's a fill in and and that's that's it, and that's all really with mm-hmm. him. What about a former former flame of yours, Paul DeYoung, getting picked up in a bunch of spots in the deeper formats, plays for the last five, um, you know, batting in the bottom of the order, but playing some shortstop for the cards, hitting really well right now on a heater, 400 Babbitt, obviously helping that 40% homer to fly ball. We're not going to analyze 24 plate appearances too heavily here with Paul DeYoung. Is there a world back for him where he can be a viable 15-team mixed leaguer who plays consistently, or is this Band-Aid, you know, you, you use him for a week or two at a time? I mean, here's the thing. So, like, he comes back, he hits two home runs in his first, you know, five games. He's got hits in, I think, uh, yeah, three of those first five games. And then you look at what he did in the last two games. He struck out five times. Like that, that is Paul DeYoung. Like that is just like, he is who, like yep. the people who were like, oh, I'm going to, like, look at this. Like they probably sent their, set their fab bids like uh, early on the week after he hit that second oh, home run. And then did. like, and then we're like, yeah, now, now I got him. And then they didn't look at what he did the rest of the week. Um, yeah. He's a guy who's going to strike up 30% of the time. He's got mm-hmm. pop if he plays, but like I don't think he's gonna play every day. Like I don't think that yeah. this is gonna be a you know uh, like a resurgence year for him. Um, I you could do worse, I guess. Like, but like it's yeah. such it's such a crowded it was such a crowded situation for the Cardinals that they sent down their top prospect. Like I know, I and they're not playing Tyler O'Neill. Um, like, uh, like I, I don't know how he figures into that. Like. Yeah, Paul DeYoung, I, I don't know how he's going to break in consistently, especially as he smooths out because, again, mm-hmm. he's on a heater right now for these seven games. It won't last. I couldn't really get – I wasn't really all that intrigued by him. This guy I was, though, and this is one of the guys I actually ended up with this week in my bids, Nick Senzel. I'm ready to be hurt again, Justin. He's back. He's playing. He's hitting. 
think we think it's mostly health and not skill that like if he can actually stay healthy, which is a giant, giant, giant ask. But if he can, do we believe that Nick Senzel can actually stay healthy and perform for the first time, mind you? Some may forget that in that 2019 rookie year, he had some fantasy viability hitting 12 homers with 14 steals and a 256 average, but it was an 87 WRC plus, Justin. So we're looking for our first true bout of success from Nick Senzel. Is this the year we get it? Nope. Damn you. <laughs> like I, he was again another one of those guys like in my waterfall bids is like a backup outfielder type i might have yeah. even picked him up in a league for a few bucks here or there uh no like he's making below league average contact he's not hitting the ball hard uh he is a home streamer cincinnati is a great yes. place to hit uh he has does have some speed he's gonna be uh he's already outfield eligible he's gonna be third base eligible here pretty quickly uh so like I can understand, like, it's a nice little bench guy to put in when he's at home. Uh, but, like, yeah, like, do I think that we're going to see what we thought Nick Senzel could be when he was, you know, a top-tier prospect? No, like, I don't I don't think so. I, and and maybe this is, like, the, the opposite side of the coin as you with Senzel, which is, dude has hurt me so much that <laughs> I just, out. like, I, I don't blame you. I just, I, I, I definitely I don't. Still, I still have him rostered in a dynasty league. Where I, like, I'm gonna, at some point, I get it. yeah, at some point he's going to be good, and I can flip him. Like, I don't, yeah, I don't want to be good for me. Nope. I want him maybe to be good so I can flip him to, to recoup else. something. Yeah. I, I don't blame you. That's that's hilarious. But yeah, like I would love it for Senzel. My expectations are very low. Uh, it was not a high dollar spend. He wasn't even tops on my list. If I can spike something, great. My offense is is in trouble right now. Power speed guys. They have appeal to me. Uh, Alec Thomas was the other guy I picked up. Yeah, Alec Thomas, I, I love. I, I think Alec Thomas is on the verge of a, of a huge breakout right now. Um, right. Here's the thing with Senzel: is Senzel doesn't have like a carrying tool. Correct. It, like so, in order for him to like be really valuable in fantasy, it comes from him being able to do a lot of things at the same time. He needs to hit for some power. He needs to hit or steal some bases. He needs to hit for average. He needs to stay healthy. And that's the problem. That's the hardest one. If you are a guy who relies upon uh, being a sum of all the parts, the biggest part of that equation is playing time. It is staying on the field, and he has just Mm -hmm. not been able to do that. Yep. And you, you you encapsulated it perfectly with Nick Senzel. No further questions, Your Honor. Lamont Wade Jr. I love this guy. I I, I just I, I really do, man. What what's his what's his nickname? Don't you guys have like a cool nickname? Late Night Lamont. Awesome, because like some walk offs back in. Yeah, like, he, he had, yeah in twenty one he had like three or four like walk offs like like uh, late in you know late like, I, super late at night because it's the West Coast I love it. and. Uh, yeah, um, like a couple uh, late or uh, extra inning walk offs, and like, yeah, yeah. this um, dude is talented. I, yeah. I, I really, really like uh, Lamont Wade Jr., and I remember him over in Minnesota in their org, couldn't, co- couldn't quite crack through. And I'm like, man, this guy's got talent. He goes out to San Francisco, had a big year in that 21 season 18 homers, six steals, 253 average. Down year last year, mostly wiped away by injury. I'm, I'm willing to give him an injury pass. He's back this year, five homers and a steal already in 25 games, a 21% walk rate. 
And yes, he has more walks than strikeouts because it's only a 20% strikeout rate, 7% swinging strike, so he doesn't K. I could see the strikeout rate. I think the only reason it's so high is because he takes walks. He gets in deep counts. If he was more aggressive, I think his strikeout rate could be like 14% if Lamont Wade wanted it to. But he likes his approach. He gets deep into counts. What do you think of Lamont Wade as a pickup? He's now 100% rostered in the main event. Uh, and as he should be. I mean, he, he has been really, really good. Um, I'm going to, I want to ask you a question, but I want to, I want to pull up all the information I need. Okay. Okay. Uh, the current, um, uh, O swing percentage league wide is 31 and a half percent. Okay. What do you think Lamont Wade Jr.'s O swing is? Well, the only thing I saw on that page was, was the swinging strike rate and it was 7%. Mm -hmm. I'm going to say that like he, with the walk rate. I'm gonna say like three percent something. It's great. it's seventeen percent. Okay, okay, um, that that would have been nuts for it to be three, but seventeen percent is pretty bananas. So and uh, you know, for I mean, that's half of the league average. Mm -hmm. uh, and hold on, I'm I'm just gonna look up some comps for that. Uh, yeah, who course. who else is rocking around that area? Because I mean, that's, that's I need incredible. to get qual qualified hitters. Um, so. The lowest O swing percentage is Lamont Wade Jr. That's at 17.4%. Uh, Connor Joe, Miguel Vargas, Juan Soto, uh, Mikey Stremski, who before getting hurt, I Just think was, yeah. Yeah, was on, you know, Mookie Bat. too, by the way. Um, Alex Call, the yeah. aforementioned. I'm looking at the list Alex too. Call, Robbie Grossman, yeah. some other yeah. guys that we're, we've talked about here. Cedric Mullins. Cedric Mullins, Dansby Swanson. Stephen Kwan, like, I mean, you're talking about, uh, you know, and he's, you know, he's not only not swinging outside the zone, um, he's being, he's making really good contact in the zone. He's got like yeah, a 90, 91% zone contact for Wade. Uh, and he's barreling the ball when he's making contact. He's yep. got a high barrel rate. Um, and even more importantly, the one, the, one of the main issues with me getting on board for Wade, you know, coming into the season was he wasn't going to play against lefties. Well, he is playing some against lefties, and he's hitting them right now. So yep. yeah, I don't know how long that's in the order. I don't know how long he sticks he around, plays. but uh, because this is uh, a team that's kind of beat up right now, so that's maybe mm -hmm. they get healthy, he loses that time against lefties if, if he starts to struggle. But I mean, if he were to continue to hit lefties, they'd probably let him keep hitting lefties. So I think so. Um, I think if Wade could keep hitting lefties, I think he's an everyday player. At the very least, though, not only is he a strong side platoon, but he bats first. So mm -hmm. that gives you that little extra boost of volume to cover the fact that he's missing time against lefties. We'll see if he can hold it. He is riding a hot bat oh, for his success. Also for your, you know, we, we just mentioned Mikey Stremsey going on the IL. Austin Slater is going to play a lot. Yes. Um, if you're looking for a like deep league outfielder, especially when you need some speed, Austin Slater is going to play every day because uh, that defense is atrocious in the outfield. And Yastrzemski was the only thing keeping it together. So they're going to move well, Slater in. and, and I think Slater will be the center fielder, right? Yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. Because as I say, they got they got to keep Conforto and Hanniger on the corners. And yeah, Slater, and that, that is bad. That, that's not good. Yeah, he's no. going to be, yeah, he's gonna be running around a lot. Yeah. Very, very bad. Uh, Geraldo Perdomo, I think, is now 
pretty close to 100%. He, he's, I think we've talked about him before, but he's picked up again. I usually have a cutoff. He's still only 77% rostered, but I'm usually looking at guys that were picked up in at least like 15 main events for this section, and uh, Perdomo was picked up in 17 of them. So another big chunk, but still available in 23% of the main event. He's just riding a hot Babip right now, but you know, you talked about Justin's troubles at shortstop. Sometimes that's all you... You just want a pulse. And he does have one, two homers of steel, 383 average, but it's a 477 BABIP that's going to come down for Perdomo. But he doesn't strike out. He can take walks. I think there's a world where even when when the um, BABIP comes down, he can still have some viability. The problem is there's no punch, Justin. And I think that that really undercuts how much Geraldo Perdomo can do if he's not running a lot. What do you think of the 23-year-old shortstop for the uh, Diamondbacks? Yeah, so Perdomo uh, was my most rostered shortstop. Really? Yeah. So uh, it was all DCs. Mostly like, DCs. Right? I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm like, he's gonna play every day. Like, yep. like he's. They he's, trusted him so much last year, despite yeah. the struggles. And so, like, he he's gonna play every day, and he does make a lot of contact in the zone, like 89. percent Like, so, like, um, but like you said, it's pretty medium to weak contact for Perdomo. Like it's, it's, he's not going to have a ton of home runs, but there is some speed in the profile. Um, He was the guy like that. I, you know, picked up over uh, DeYoung and and things like that. Uh, So like, I don't mind him, but like, he's not like a team savior type guy. He is, you know, he is, he's a guy you pick up and put in your lineup until some, until you get Seager back or Tim Anderson back or, um, or until you find someone who is a little bit more interesting. Yeah, I like Perdomo. I just think he is a stopgap. I, I, it's hard to really have too much confidence in him <laughs> I mean, based on the it, skills he's shown. Perdomo's batting average right now is 283. What do you think his XBA is? It's, uh, his batting average is 383, right? So the oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. 383. Do, what do you think is? 266. Uh, 236. Oh, wow. It, it, yeah, because he has like, I bet he has like a barrel max. He does not have a barrel. <laughs> so you were actually correct because you did say Max. Yeah. You, you took the under on one uh, or one point, one and a half. So you were Jeez, correct man. there. Uh, he is, does not have a barrel yet. Yeah. That is that is tough. Yeah. So that's, He has that's a 6.9 degree launch angle, which is not nice. Which is not nice. All right. Let's talk about some shallow folks. A couple guys that we've talked about before. Uh, but now they're getting picked up in the shower leagues. This is the second week of, of a ton of pickups for Drew Smiley. He went out and had another good start. Are you trusting him everywhere? All f- I, I think Smiley's an all-formats guy. It's a two-step this week at Washington, home to Miami. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, I, I picked him up. Like, he, like, Doesn't get much uh, better. You, yeah, you don't get much better than Washington and Miami. Like, it's just... Yeah, I, I picked him up. Uh, I also picked up the next guy we we're talking about was that ski and a bunch really of leagues. health with with smiling. Yeah, right? he's he's really almost tell. always good. Yeah, uh, it's just a like you know you know that two months from now he's not going to be on your team because he's going to be hurt. So like, yeah, it's, it's and, damn near a guarantee. We, the we nice thing the is, him, but the nice thing is with Smiley this year is he's not on a team that I think really considers themselves like contenders necessarily like i think yeah. they're they want to be competitive but i don't think they look at themselves and go we're, we're going for a world series this year and so like there is no shame in them just running him straight into the ground so exactly. if for some reason he can put up 170 innings like you just got yourself an amazing steal absolutely on he's Trish done it Smiley. before 
It was yeah. 2016, but he, he Drew Smiley has stayed healthy before. If he can do it, they're going to run with him. Talked about Wesneski earlier. He was a big shallow league pickup. Same two-step that he has. We also like him long-term. We don't need to go any deeper on him. Yep. Tyler Wells in Baltimore. Um, he continues to, to pitch well. Actually, I think he had a recent uh, hiccup. But overall, I think there's still some things to like here with Tyler Wells. Was he somebody who's on your shallower league radar right now? Yeah, I mean, I have him in a couple of deeper leagues, and I, I you know, and I did uh, put in bids on him in shallower leagues. I ended up getting other guys that were above him, kind of on the pecking order. But he, he didn't have a dud recently. I was thinking of Bradish's meltdown. He's, he's been yeah. excellent all year. Uh, Tyler yeah. Wells has. Uh, you know, a little bit of a homer issue. He's already got four home runs, uh, yep. but uh, Baltimore, you know, Camden is going to protect him there. That protects it, yeah. He's a, yeah. he's a classic control versus command, like we were talking about earlier, because he doesn't walk anybody, but he mm-hmm. does give up the homers consistently for Tyler Wells. You know, he's getting, uh, you know, decent swings outside of zone at 36%. He's, you know, right around league average zone contact, so... Uh, I think especially at home, he is kind of a, a team streamer. You kind of hold him on your team for right now. And, uh, and you know, when he's got a nice little matchup at home, you use him. And I think you just need to be a little bit more careful about Tyler Wells on the road because I think in, in I think so smaller ballparks, he's going to, you know, have, you know, two or three homer games. And that might be that might be unfortunate. Yeah. Yeah, you don't necessarily have to start him everywhere, but don't put Tyler Wells back mm-hmm. on your waiver wire right now uh, because he's, he's he's got too much juice. <laughs> he did it again, <laughs> man. Vince Velasquez put up another gem. <laughs> I, I, I should have been ready to be hurt again by him, but um, I, I didn't. I didn't go for it. Maybe I should have. He ended up going 47 in my league. Pretty fair price, especially when you're considering like the Bybee and the Allen prices. Of course, they are they are better. Um, and I knew somebody would pick up Kopech after I cut him. And frankly, they can have him for 56 bucks. But uh, Vince Velasquez, another gem. The skills are there. Everything looks great. If you covered the name, but the only thing that would give you some pause is the fact that it's a 449 Sierra against a 306 ERA. And I think that's because of the home run suppression might be a little bit on the favorable side because it's homer to fly ball is so low. But 23% K, 9% walk isn't egregious for somebody that's going to miss bats. 12% swing strike. 306 ERA, 118 whip for Vince Velasquez. Are you buying it? I mean, you did buy it. Don't, don't you have him in the league? I did pick him up and streamed him last week <laughs> against Washington. Uh, mostly because, like, you kind of look at what he's done, and the vast majority of what he's done is against teams that are really struggling against right-handed pitching. Yep. Um, outside, of, yeah, outside of the St. Louis start, which was, you know, a good start, you know, he's he's gotten Cincinnati twice. Mm-hmm. Um, he's gotten Chicago, he's gotten Colorado, and he's gotten Washington. But like but, you can't, you can't like say like it is like oh look who he's pitched. He only gets a pitch we gets a pitch against. Like and he went to Cincy and Colorado, and he's Vince Velasquez. It didn't matter the team for several years, right? So I mm-hmm. I agree with you. You can't say that like whenever people throw that in guys' face. I'm like, well, it didn't help him previous years when he would face crappy teams. So I, I think I'm going to actually Colorado. Colorado is actually top 10 against right there. So um, probably due to their homework and, and, yeah, he, probably. and he faced them on their, mm-hmm. on their turf. So, yeah, I mean, like I, I've been down the Velasquez road a million times. I'm rooting for him. I don't have him anywhere, but I am rooting for him. I hope this keeps going. He gets Toronto this week. You're starting him for that. It's at home. 
No, absolutely not. Okay. Like, I just no way. But he does get Colorado at home the following week. So you, you I mean, can hang on the, to him right now. He has got a 7% homer to fly ball rate, and he's a career yeah. 14 homer to ball, uh, fly ball Two rate. X. guy. He, he's currently got a sub 30% ground ball rate. Like, this, like there are going to be some bad days. Enjoy mm-hmm. what you have banked because you're probably dropping him pretty soon. At some point, yeah. Yeah. Again, I think you sit him this week, keep him for the Colorado um, in Pittsburgh start for Vince Velasquez, and then I don't know what comes up after that, but you'll just assess from there. Mm -hmm. He's a team streamer right now, probably a cut at some point relatively soon. Mm -hmm. You just hope that you don't get like a 9-10 earned runner that kills everything you got. Yeah, that's like that's what you're really hoping for here. Same with this guy because he also has home run issues. However, Josiah Gray, your boy, give you credit mm-hmm. where it's due, is keeping the homers in check. And I've made this point a few different times in the SP chart. But the one thing I like about this more than the Mackenzie Gore one is that Gray is addressing his biggest issue, whereas Gore, a walk machine, is not. He's still walking, guys. So that's why I have a bit more confidence in what Josiah Gray is doing. He was a big shallow league pickup this week. I know you love him. How you feeling about him? Is he a mixed league, a shallower league play for you? Yeah, I picked him up uh, this week in our ten team head to head Yahoo league that we're running for this, you know, sleep in the bus uh, listener league. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I'm a believer in all formats. Like I just, uh, I you know, the the nice thing was Washington had a really rough schedule to start the year, and you know, I think it gets a little bit easier. So, uh, you know, they'll get some stars against Miami and things like that. So, yeah, I mean. He has completely changed his pitch mix. Like he stopped throwing the fastball down the center of the zone. Yeah. Uh, you know, 50% of the time he's now throwing it like, you know, 20 something percent of the time. So, uh, and in really relying upon other pitches to kind of keep hitters off balance and not living in the zone where guys can crush him. So, uh, yeah, I love what Josiah Gray is doing. This is exactly what we want him to do. You know, you're not getting the amazing strikeout rate that, we were, you know, that we thought we were going to get from a guy with his arm talent, but you're also not giving up a ton of home runs, which it's is a nice little trade off that, yeah. that I'm okay with for Josiah Gray. As he's learning, I think Gray is, is figuring out, okay, I, I don't have to get everyone struck out here, but it is a 22% rate and his swing strike rate hasn't changed. So I think he's kind of figuring it out. 25 years old. I, I, w- I was so scared of the homers because it, his homer run rate was so egregious. It's down to 1.07. I can live with that. There might even be a little regression, but as long as it doesn't go all the way back up to two something, you can live with this. I think he's an easy team streamer right now, and we kind of go and play mm-hmm. it by ear as far as uh, as far as where Josiah Gray is going. What about Wade Miley? Uh, I think we talked about him in the deep league recently. He's now a shallow league pickup for a bunch of folks. He's going to get a trip to Colorado this week, though. So that's kind of interesting that they picked him up. And then he gets the Dodgers the week after. So while I do like him, um, and I do believe that he is a quality streamer, Wade Miley, the recent, the upcoming stretch, I should say, is a bit nerve-wracking. How do you feel about Wade Miley, both both short-term and long-term? Um, No. Not even, like, not even beyond these two starts? No, I like mean, a quality team he's got like a 427 XERA, a 469 Sierra. Uh, he gives up a lot of contact. He doesn't strike guys out. Uh, I think as things start to warm up uh, in, uh, you know, around the country, like there are going to be some huge blow up outings. Like it's just maybe I, I think 
you can avoid them for one. The next two could be the ones at Colorado home to the Dodgers. So sit them for those. I think as a, as a well-curated streamer, I still think Wade Miley has value. Now, I think it's more of the 15-teamers, and this is he's on this list because he's been getting picked up in 12-teamers. But I think that he can he can be pretty good. The 469 Sierra and the whatever XCRA you said, that's what I expect. I do expect him to be kind of a mid-fours type of skills guy, but he's been like that forever, and he has sub-four ERAs in three of the last four seasons, and the one that he doesn't was 14 innings of 2020. Meaning, I, I think the nice thing about him is he's not walking guys, right? Like So like if and when he does start giving up those home runs, like they're going to be solo shots. So... I, I can see the argument for it. I just I feel like there's so little upside because of the lack of strikeouts that, that doesn't war in the downside. Like you know, that's like, fair. You know, he's, I think he's that's a fair guy. Wade Miley. Maybe he doesn't murder you, um, like over the course of a whole season. But he does he really he help you? Yeah, yeah, especially in a shallow league. Like in 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 a deeper league, yeah, because. You know, in a fifteen-team mix, like you just need arms. Like you need Nothing arms that aren't gonna. Yeah. Like you, like I would love Wade Miley on my main event team right now because it means like he'd be counteracting the fact that you know Lance Lynn is like torching me and Brady Singer is torching me. Um, but like in a shallow league, no. Like he just, I don't think he registers. Yeah, I, I think that's totally fair, and I want to be clear that my interest in Wade Miley is exclusively deep league. I would not be picking him up in 12s for the exact reasons that you state about the lack of upside. Um, the one closer here, or the closer potential, is Brad Boxberger in Chicago. A week after, you know, we talked about this last week, a week later, I am a bit worried about Fulmer now, because hasn't he pitched in the 5th and 6th his last two times out? Uh, I, I picked up Fulmer in a couple leagues. Like I still think he's the best arm in that bullpen. I, I do too. It's actually been sixth, eighth, and seventh in his last. And now year. Brandon Hughes is on the IL. Um, like I, I, I still think Fulmer is is going to end up being the guy at some point. So I hope um, I'm right. Boxberger got the most recent save, which was on the 27th. It's been a while. Um, do you like Boxberger at all? Yeah, I mean, I think for what he is, like, I think he can, uh, you know, like, probably offer some short-term save, you know, help. And, you know, maybe he is and ends up being the guy. Like, I mean, maybe, like, they just let him run with this as long as he is serviceable, uh, especially as Fulmer continues to struggle. I just I just think Fulmer's so talented. Like, And maybe this is a blind spot for me, you know. No, no, um, I, I tend to agree. I, I like Fulmer, too. I drafted him. He's somebody I've been sticking with. So um, I'm, I'm with you there, and I don't blame you on, on specking right now because it's dirt cheap, right? This is the yeah. time to get in and get those cheap Fulmer uh, Yeah, I shares. picked them up for like 7 bucks in a bunch of places. This week. I dig that. I, so, uh, but Boxberger's the guy right now. Like, So, I mean, if you're looking for saves right now that could develop into more saves, it's probably Boxberger. Okay, I think that's fair. Uh, and then some hitters here. Jake Berger. Getting picked up in the shower formats. We talked about how ugly things are in in Chicago for the White Sox right now. But Berger's playing every day, hitting for some punch. Really liked him last year. Didn't really get him as much this year. I think I have one DC with Jake Berger, but he is popping the ball pretty nicely. Uh, are you bought in on on Jake Berger? He's got seven homers already. He had eight all of last year in 183 plate appearances. Seven and 72 right now. Yeah, I'm I'm I picked up Berger in a bunch of spots uh the last few weeks. Uh and I actually dropped Moncada this week. Um because I think Moncada's poor now. Like I I think yeah, he's I mean, like he's I think he's legit good. done. He's got like a bulging disc in his back. Like 
I root for him, but it's it's mm-hmm. literally out of fandom. I had so, nothing skill wise I can ever tell people to have I, any sort of Moncada. I I appreciate the work he did do before getting hurt for my one dollar bid in my NFBC auction, but other than that, like I yeah, I've moved on. So I think Berger's gonna play pretty regularly, if not every day. And I think mm-hmm. he offers you know, it's gonna be a mediocre batting average, but Berger's got pop. Like there he is. Uh, you know, there's some real pop in that bat. You know, I think we've talked about it a bunch on here uh, over the last couple of years when when he comes up is like he's just been a really, really unlucky player in terms of health. And now yep. he's healthy and playing every day. He's a former first round pick. Um, yeah, I, I like Jake Berger. I think he should be rostered probably most 12 team leagues. I tend to agree. Uh, I, I don't want to just repeat the things that you said in a different form or fashion. Uh, Jake Berger, big fan. And if he stays healthy, I think he's legit good. Is Brent Rooker legit good? I know we talked about him in a recent pod. I don't know if it was last week or the week before, but he was a hot pickup. Is he actually good? He is not isn't nine homers now. Is Brent Rooker actually good? No. Is he is he this year's Brandon Drake? Okay, no no dice. I I mean, I mean uh, he plays I'm, in the wrong park to to be that, but I'm just saying like he he doesn't stop hitting homers and his plate skills remain excellent. Although I do not believe in the K's. At all, he still has a nine. Uh, he still has a three ninety three BABIP versus right handed pitching. Like it's, yeah, like and a sixteen percent swinging strike rate says the strikeouts are going back up to like thirty yeah. percent. Like it's going to happen. Like yeah, I mean, if someone if you picked him up like a week or two ago, and someone in your league's all like, oh, I'll, I'll trade you like Brent Rooker, like because so, someone in my chat is like, oh, Brent Rooker's made like changes, like. Yeah, I mean, he went from terrible to bad. Like, he's if like, I can get anybody that was drafted, yeah, in a trade like anybody's drafting so. like a, a, a number a round that starts with a two. You know, if you do a thirty round draft, I can get somebody that's drafted in like the twenty third round. I think I'm doing it. Yeah, I think I am too. Yeah, I mean, like, I mean, here's the thing: like in a deeper league, it makes sense because he's to keep him around because he's gonna play. Keep like, playing he, him. Yes, he, yes. He, he, he could. He could just completely fall off and still play. Like mm-hmm. he, because these don't have anybody else there. Like it, um, but I heard Eric Burns was actually going to get in some playing time. Dude, I would love to see Eric. Me Burns. too. I like, love Eric Burns. So yeah, much. like Nick Swisher just played a game with uh, Savannah Bananas. Like, and let's like, get I, Swish back in. And he man. looks like he could still hit. Like, especially so. especially in Oakland, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah Brent Rooker. I mean, keep playing him. Keep picking him up, I guess, because he does keep hitting bombs. But just please understand that the floor is going to fall out from under this, at least with yeah. the strikeouts. He might hit 25, 30 homers if he plays mm-hmm. every day, and maybe even more because he already has nine, for God's sakes. But I, I've said it multiple times already. His batting average is going to be 100 points lower. And I said that when he was hitting like 333. He's hitting 353 now, so I think it could be 120 points lower by the time this, this, the season ends. So be careful there. What about Jack Swinski? Because he's another one who's been elevated here. We talked about him on a deep league pickup a week ago, and now we're talking about him on the shallow league pickups. He keeps playing, too. Um, and he there were back-to-back lefties on uh, Thursday and Saturday. They didn't have a game on Friday. He only played against one of them, but at least he's not a total sit against lefties. Is that enough to make Jack Sawinski a shallow league play for you? I mean, he should be a total sit against lefties because he's hitting one thirty or one fifty four against them. So it, it's uh, not great, but they're but they're trying at least right to get him in the lineup. Maybe he gets lucky with a righty reliever. I, probably not. But yeah, like here's I mean, the thing: we always get mad when teams don't play these guys, even though they probably know how they're going to play. At least they're giving him some some looks because you're not going to get better by not facing them. 
I mean, he has got a 73.6% zone contact. That's 10% below league average. Um, lefty lefty is so hard, dude. which, which is, which is crazy. He's crazy. He's such a low zone contact because he's not swinging outside of the zone. He's actually making really good decisions to not swing out of the zone. Probably just which makes it well. Yeah. Like he missing that much in the zone is a really, really bad sign. It means he like can, that, he just, Jack Swinsky cannot read pitches from lefties. No, no, and, this is this is generally this is not oh, versus lefties. This oh, is who he is oh, against scary. righties and lefties. Okay, so like, yeah, this like that's strikeout scary. rate is going to jump. I know it's that, already like, thirty. Yeah, like, but that's what I'm saying. Like, I know it's only eleven percent swing strike rate, and people are going to be like, "Well, maybe it's fraudulent." No, when you're not making that contact in the zone, that's like, smart. That's second that level is, there. That is going to be a problem. So, like at best, he keeps the thirty percent strikeout rate. At worst, it jumps to like thirty-five or like thirty-eight percent. Like I I, I lean a lot on swing strike rate. I like when you go the next level there, because yeah, I would have said, oh, it's at thirty, but it's well, he did thirty last year though at eleven percent in three hundred seventy-two plate appearances. Okay, so he did thirty last year at an eighty-five percent zone contact. So his zone contact is is twelve points less, and the. because the reason the swing strike rate is so low is because he's not swinging outside the zone. Yeah. All the swings and misses are inside the zone. But that's still because, a problem. Yeah. That, so maybe the walk rate. A problem. Like, yeah. yeah it, it, maybe, you know, the walk rate stays high. Like, hey, yeah. because he's he's doing a really good job of making good decisions not swinging inside the zone. But pitchers are going to start going, why am I going outside the zone on him? I'll just like, attack. If, he can't. Yeah. He can't beat if, me in the zone. Yeah. If he's not going to beat me in the zone, like, I'm just going to come after him. And, you know, so I think he's going to have power. I think he's going to have for power. I think the batting average is going to be kind of what it's always been, which is, you know, like 220, 230 maybe. And, uh, and I think he's going to strike out 35% of the time. So on Pittsburgh, that may work because. They don't have a ton of other options. And Sawinski um, has six homers and five steals too. So it could be a nasty yeah. power speed. Could be kind of like a Christopher Morrell, which yeah. by the way, he's murdering it in the minors. I did mm-hmm. have him on the, my last spot on my list just in case for seven Some bucks. People, he was in a couple of, uh, he went for like 80 bucks in my man. What? I want to say like, let me, let me, let me go double check that. But I, I had um, a $7 bid and um, I think, it, hang on. I think it would have come through oh, 60, no, th- $61 to my man. Wow. Uh, your boy, Dave got him for 13. I think that's a much better pickup, but so, I still, I mean, I haven't, I haven't seen his minor league numbers to like yeah. go like, is there a real change or is he just, because I mean, there's a real no, chance. Chris Morrell is just a quad a player. He, he's the same guy. He's just on a heater. Yeah. Um, I, I don't blame the pickup, though. Like I said, I had him. Now, I think this is an obvious question, but I'm just making sure. So, like, if you, if if you already got a guy in your waterfall, your bet your bid doesn't show up as the secondary, right? Because I bid seven bucks on him. It says the secondary is one, but I already got a guy. Yeah, so that yeah. Cancels so out. okay, yeah, well, yeah, it was because then it wasn't a bid. Yeah, yeah, that's right, that's right, that's right. Okay, so, but anyway, um, Morel is kind of interesting because he's on a heater, but I still don't believe he's any different than who he and is. And where does he play? Like exactly. I mean, that's like he, exactly. like they're not they're not going to bring him up to just to say it. Like he, exactly, you know? no, and that's why he's still down, <clears throat> even though he has like a huge week every damn week. Our boy Edward Oliveris is now making the uh, shallow league rounds. I know we're in on deep leagues. We promoted him for fifteen teamers all year. He's playing every day for once. Uh, two homers, three steals, two eighty nine average. I got to imagine you're in on this. Yeah, Edward absolutely. Oliveris. Love me. I love me some Edward Olivares. I'm finally starting to get, not just get him full-time playing time, but 
he is showing an improvement in underlying skills on top of the playing time. So it's yep. not like, oh, you know, his stuff was small sample, you know, he'll get exposed. He's got a 93.5 zone contact percentage, which is elite. Um, Calls Jack Swinskin, can give him a few tips. Yeah, he's got like a 10.5% swing strike rate. You know, the uh, K rate's under 20%, which is like perfect for him. There's power, there's speed. He's playing every day. Like, it the time is now like the time yeah. is now uh for edward Alvarez. uh i would like to see them more consistently let him hit higher up in the lineup because it kind of bounces between like four five six seven mm-hmm. um you know but because he doesn't walk a ton he's i don't know that he's ever going to get in like the top two or three uh but like if he could get fifth in this lineup or fourth in this lineup consistently like I love Edward Olivares. Me too. And I'm, I'm like I said, I'm excited as well that, that things are going well for Olivares. And I understand why he's being picked up in the shallower formats. I definitely co-signed that. Mm-hmm. Taylor Walls uh, is who Jason eventually had to pick up or, or get via trade to salvage his shortstop issue. Walls is doing some some things when he plays. He get, He has like standout games, but he isn't playing super consistently. He did get five out of the last six starts. But he is still, you know, being raised in that, uh, you know, he just doesn't play every day. He does have four homers, five steals. Are you buying into the Taylor Walls breakthrough? Because he's always had good plate skills. This year he's putting something with it by hitting for some punch and running pretty well. Are you there? Yeah, because, I mean, the plate skills are really good. 90% zone contact, only swing inside the zone, a quarter, or like 24% of the time. Um, you know, it's not like super hard contacts. Like I wouldn't expect like uh, like a bunch of power. Like I think the amount of home runs he's already had this year is a little bit fraudulent. Like so, like in, if he in gets terms a, of like pacing it out, you're saying yeah. Like yeah. If you you're not gonna go. Oh well, he got four in the first month. Now I'm gonna multiply Don't that go by, by five. Six. Yeah, five yeah. or six. Don't do that. <laughs> um, be like oh look, now he's a 24 homer guy. Yeah, yeah like if he he's has probably like an, an 11 homer hitter, right? Yeah, if he has 10, 10 home run home runs the rest of the year, like yeah. I won't be surprised. But or, walls, 10, 10 total. Like, yeah, so. 10, 10 total. So six more, six seven more. But he could have. 15 to 20 more steals no i think he could and i I think he could hit for a really good average so like i think he could be uh kind of a sneaky good guy in deeper leagues in shallower leagues he's a hard guy because like you said the rays are going to like mix and match a lot and um but you know he i think in in the same way that we were talking about duran like he's an injury away from playing every day like yes you know always um, every injury helps him yandy diaz seems to get nicked up every other day like uh, we're loving Those this. Yandy. Who are crazy built, right? Like Stanton. Inflexible. Yeah. Well, and then he had that weird thing where he fainted. Like, and like I know. Like it's just um, so. Like, every, every, thankfully, you know, Diaz has been he's awesome. Okay, yeah. Hopefully, everything's good. Um, not supposed to be a big issue, but, but I mean, Brandon Lau gets hurt all the time. He's got he's that got kind of recurring back thing. Wander Franco hasn't stayed healthy, you know, uh, you know, early on in his career. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we were just talking about Yandy Diaz. Like, there's a lot of different ways where he could figure himself into a full time role on this and Taylor team. Is a switch hitter, so he doesn't have yeah. to just be against one side. Mm-hmm. So he could yeah. be a full timer. I like the pickup. There's the fantasy juice when you're looking on your on your um, uh, on your way. The only thing here. is, he is hitting 214 against righties, doing all the lifting against lefties right now. That that is tough. That will need to improve, or else he won't keep playing against them. But he did yeah. play four out of five times last week, so that's nice. Uh, Randall Grichuk, Colorado, our last guy here, getting picked up in some shallow mm-hmm. formats. 
I actually don't know what he's doing. So I'm clicking on his profile right now. I have, oh, he's off the IL, two games off the IL. Yeah. Um, his first two games of the season. What do you think of Gritchuk? He had kind of a modest year, not, not even modest. It was bad, especially for Colorado. 88 WRC plus, 19 homers, four steals in 538 plate appearances. Are you a Gritchuk guy? Have you ever been? Are you in because he's in Colorado? Where do you stand? I am a Gritchuk guy. I've always been a Gritchuk guy. Uh, and I feel like, had he not gotten hurt, like I would have spent overspent on him in draft day. Um, and so maybe from yourself. Yeah. So maybe I got protected from myself. I've tried to scoop him up off some waiver wires. Uh, I just, I think he is really, really good when he gets full-time playing time. The problem is, is he going to get full-time playing time? Like Colorado isn't like, it's not a barren team anymore. Um, no, there's some, there's some talent. Yeah. I mean, and so like, I think they should give him full time run so they can trade him at the deadline because it is the last year of his contract. He's so starting center fielder, which is tough for Colorado specifically, mm-hmm. and could result in further injury for Grichuk. Yeah. But I do agree with picking him up. But they don't have a lot of guys who can play center. That's problem. the thing. They got Profar and um, Bryant on his corners. Mm-hmm. You don't want to put Bryant. Th- I know Bryant's played some center in his career, but again, the Colorado center field is like no other. Yeah. I don't know how. Well, I know how because they're the most inept franchise in the universe. But how do they not ring up Kevin Kiermaier this year when he was a free agent? And he couldn't was great, af- by the Couldn't way. afford him. Yes, True. <laughs> Couldn't afford like an mill or whatever the hell he's making. You would have thought that that would have been the perfect fit for them, considering how much, how much they and love to block off talent. Exactly. I was guessing, by the way, on eight mil, it was nine mil. I was damn near. I was just mm-hmm. guessing a number. They couldn't pay nine mil for Kiermaier, and he looks healthy right now. He looks awesome. Um, but yeah, that was, that's the fit for them. They love signing veterans anyway, so why not yeah. just do that? Or I mean, Kevin Pillar, just bring him in. Yeah, like, let him run. Yeah. either Kevin, you know, let mm-hmm. somebody who can actually handle center. But I guess they're, you know, they got Profar, who I do like, but he just can't play center. He's a corner no. type. So, yeah. Anyway, that's it for the pickups. A lot of guys out there. If there's anybody that we missed that you want some thoughts on, hit us up on Twitter or on the comments of this post. Justin chats on Mondays. You can always ask him the lineup questions. Perfect time to do that. I chat on Wednesdays and, uh, I think that's about it. Uh, we'll have a pot on Friday. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, I probably have something in the middle of the week. I'm starting to line up some guests. You had Govier on, which is great. That's mm-hmm. definitely going to be listening to that on my walk. But uh, anything else? Not that I can think of. Just, you know, hanging in there. If, if you have ideas for who you want to hear is, uh, yeah. from guests on Sundays, let me know because I'm going to try to bring a guest on with me and Jason each week. So Always let us uh, know. We're going to have guests. I'm going to have midweek stuff i'll either do solos or, or guests i got the two-step in for us since we were uh, friday i, I let yeah i had an absolute uh, sick child there's uh, plenty valid excuse dude to daycare stand. daycare like or not daycare preschool like like this kid is just will That's not stop getting of hell right? yeah like it's, yeah and like she like she hadn't gone anywhere during covid like she never left the house and so like it's like every fucking week like she's just getting sick like um, and my wife has like a a crappy immune system too so uh as soon as like the kid gets sick my wife gets sick and And she's and then she's like why don't you get sick like i'm like i don't know like i'm a regular person with an immune system so like i just keep rolling and you start matrixing away from them when no yeah i come out to the office this is what people like well like uh you know what's your office like it's a shed outside away from everybody else and that way you can avoid getting sick but Mm -hmm. yeah we should be fine on on friday and i'll talk to you then take it easy